Welcome to Amici, news and insights from the New York courts. I'm John Carr. I'm going to call today's program Plain Speaking with Bill Parrott. Bill, the chief management analyst with the OCA Division of Professional and Court Services, is spearheading an effort in the courts to cleanse our materials of jargon and legalese and to provide clear and concise information to court users. In other words, it's all about the reader. Bill recently advertised for a, quote, plain language coordinator, close quote, a person who will help him implement the plain language initiatives the court system is now pursuing. Bill, uh, welcome to the program. So what, what, what do you mean by plain language? What does that mean? Good morning, John. Uh, thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. And plain language, very simply, is um, speaking in common terms that the average person can understand. That's really the point of plain language. So is it fair to say it's all about the reader? Yeah, it, it is absolutely about the reader. That's exactly the point, is that the court forms, resource materials, including online information that we have available for the public or that we disseminate to the public are intended to communicate with court users. And um, that includes litigants, attorneys, partner agencies, um, such as police or DAs or social services agencies, treatment programs, the list goes on and on and on of those that we communicate with um, in the court system. And if these court users cannot understand or interpret what we're attempting to convey to them, then we're not communicating effectively. And this is really, um, this is really counter to our initiatives regarding access to justice and public transparency as an organization. We want to be able to communicate effectively with the people that use the courts. Um, and in fact, research has found that even attorneys who have legal background and legal training often prefer these types of communications and forms and online information to be in plain language rather than in very technical legal terms. So what we're not talking about is, quote, dumbing down, right? No, uh, we're not talking about dumbing down at all. I, I really think that uh, it, it's really, the idea is to restate the procedural information, the legal process that the court disseminates to the public in terms that they can easily understand. That's not always easy to do. Uh, because there are legal statutes that govern uh, what we do every day in the court system. However, if you can convey that information to someone without a legal background in a way that they can easily understand without the aid of convoluted instruction sheets or uh, someone to explain it to them, essentially interpret it for them point by point, then you've used plain language effectively and you've communicated effectively if you're able to do that. And that's really the whole drive and the whole impetus for using plain language and integrating plain language into what we do. I can see that being a real challenge, particularly in the, in the legal area, because the law is by necessity precise. It's sometimes jargony and sometimes the Latin phrase is the one you need to know. So how, how do you work around all that with plain language? That's really a core issue that we grapple with all the time in using plain language, because we have to strike that balance between legal accuracy and effective communication. And it can sometimes be a difficult balance to strike. 
uh, judges and attorneys will very often opt for very precise legal language that tracks the language in the applicable legal statutes that govern what it is that they're doing, the proceedings that they're presiding over, et cetera. And I certainly understand the perceived necessity for that because, uh, especially in light of their legal training, because they are trained in the law. However, if the target audience for these communications not understand what is being conveyed to them, then that legal accuracy is of limited value, right? Um, so yeah, the language may conform to the statute, but the recipient has no idea what it means. Then that's not effective communication. And the new thinking regarding plain language is that it's better for the target audience to understand what they're reading and the information that you're trying to convey to them and the directives that the court uh, is providing, even if we may sacrifice some of the technical legal language in the process because you're communicating more effectively. I understand. So let, let's talk about this coordinator position that you, you have, uh, you're advertising for. What, what is it that that person will do precisely and, and where is it that they will do it? Well, the plain language coordinator will work for my office, which is the Office of Trial Court Support. And what we do is we provide operational support and guidance to New York State's trial courts, meaning the criminal courts, the civil courts, family courts, and surrogates courts. And um, so we're very, very involved with creating and revising court forms, with uh, creating and disseminating information, be it uh, written documentation or online information that is intended for procedural information, procedural guidance to the public and to others, to partner agencies and the like. And so the plain language coordinator would work with us to revise existing court forms, to create new court forms, to revise uh, reference materials, web content in a way that conforms to plain language principles. So that is really the core of the job. They would work in conjunction with the court liaisons in my office who are subject matter experts in the courts. They've all come from the courts. So they know the procedural uh, machinations of the family courts and the civil courts and the criminal courts. And so there would be some guidance here. We would also work hand in hand with counsel's office because we want to make sure that in using plain language, we're not omitting some very critical legal requirements in the language, but stating them in a way that's understandable for the average person. So we will be working hand in hand with other OCA units and divisions and doing this as well, uh, working hand in hand with the web team uh, in order to get that information disseminated and um, that is really uh, that is really the crux of the job. What's what's the criteria? What what sort of a person are you looking for? A writer, an attorney, a professor, someone who has experience in this? What are, what are you looking for? It's really a wide open field, Johnny. Um, you know, the, the posting is a is a tiered posting. What what we call a tiered posting. So the person could be hired as a management analyst, which is a non attorney title, a non-legal title, or as a senior counsel or an associate counsel, which is a, a title 
for an attorney. So it could be an attorney or a non-attorney, depending upon their experience and their qualifications. Obviously, strong writing skills are going to be essential here. And training and expertise in plain language is going to be essential. Can a lay person do that? Sure. Can an attorney do that? Sure. So we don't have any preconceived notions about what type of individual it has to be necessarily, but just that they have plain language expertise and they understand what our goals are here regarding the plain language coordinator's role in converting what the materials, the forms, the online information that we have currently available into plain language terms. And proficiency with some technology is also going to be a huge help. So things like Microsoft Office, the FOXIT program, which is the PDF reader that we use to create PDF forms and fillable forms, things like that. Experience working in the legal field in some way, shape, or form, either as an attorney or a paralegal or perhaps within a court system, either here in New York or in some other state or at the federal level, would be helpful for that familiarity with legal terminology. But again, we have an open mind and don't have any preconceived notions about exactly where this person comes from as long as they have those skills. And they would work where? The office is located in Albany. It is on Wolf Road, Colony, in the county of Albany. And so they would be working primarily out of this office. There would be some travel within New York State required. It wouldn't be extensive travel, but for committee meetings or meetings with counsel or meetings with judicial districts regarding certain forms or information that they're trying to formulate, they may be required to travel. I understand. Now, I know the deadline for applying is coming up real soon. It's, I believe, August 5th. So if someone is interested, what do they do? How do they apply? Well, actually, I'm happy to say that the deadline has just been extended for an additional four weeks. So now the new deadline will be September 2nd. So it gives us a little additional time. We have done some extensive outreach, posting the job on various job sites online and doing some extended outreach through our Office of Diversity and Inclusion. They have a vast network that they distribute job postings to, including law schools, graduate schools, and other organizations. And so we hope that through this outreach, we will reach more people and more qualified candidates. If someone is interested in applying, there is a posting online. It's announcement number 1268, and it is on our public website under the careers page where all of our public-facing jobs are posted. And if someone is interested, they should file a UCS-5 application, which is also available on the website. And they should submit a resume and any professional references, letters of recommendation, anything like that that they would like to submit along with their application. Of course, it's not required, but it's always welcome. And as part of the application process, if someone was selected as a candidate who would be interviewed for the position, they would be asked to submit a writing sample, which 
of course, for this position would be very, very critical uh, to evaluate their writing skills. So that would be part of the exercise as well. Well, that sounds great. Well, Bill, thank you so much for your time and, and thanks for what you're doing. I think, I, what you, I think the work you're doing is important. You know, as you uh, made clear, it's all about communicating. Good, John. And thank you again for having me on and uh, I appreciate your time.